You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, look at that. Time for the show. Who knew? Off and running on this uh, Thursday morning. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. Oh, my goodness. So much to do over the course of these next 60 minutes as we take you up until Golick and Wingo, who come your way, of course, at 6 o'clock. The number you know, 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Of course, you can find me on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. The daily poll question is officially up. Could you tell that I was stalling there? That's exactly what I was doing. I was stalling, trying to find a way to put the finishing touches on the poll question for today. But it's up. It's running. It's there for you. You can vote on it, at Gordon Damer. And, you know, usually the week before, you know, when you have the two weeks before the Super Bowl, that first week is a little rough sometimes, right? You really can't focus on the game too much. What are you going to talk about in the second week? There's only so many days you can go in a row trying to break down the Super Bowl. And especially when the game is not on Sunday. It feels a little too far off. And sometimes, because of the time of year, mid-January, it's a slow week. Not this week, though. you got Jeter, the Hall of Fame stuff. Have we found that guy Have we found that Jeter guy yet that didn't vote for him? Show your face, you coward. He has not showed his face, which tells you that, A, the person, whoever it is, man, woman, child. No, I can't be a child. But whoever it is did not do it for publicity. They did it to be a jerk. That's the only takeaway that you can have. If whoever it was didn't put their name to it, The only thing it could be, they didn't have a point. They just wanted to be a jerk that makes sure that someone doesn't get in unanimously. It's not that they voted for 10 people on the ballot that they thought were more deserving or that they found some kind of loophole. we got to stop. we got to stop looking for the reason. The reason is obvious. The guy wanted to be that guy. Mariano had already gotten in unanimously, and there was one guy out there who didn't want Jeter to get in unanimously. It's not a it's not a crime against Jeter. He'll be just fine. He was fine with it at the time. But the idea of the poll question yesterday was, will we ever find out who that person is? No, that guy's taking that to the grave. That guy's taking that to the grave. But yesterday, so you get Jeter a couple of days ago. Yesterday, you get the news about the Mets. They are going to hire Luis Rojas as their next manager, and Eli Manning going to hold a press conference on Friday to announce his retirement. Neither event, neither piece of news all that shocking. Really, neither is all that surprising. But let's start with the Mets and get them front and center right away. Luis Rojas going to be their next manager. And you knew this was almost certainly the way it was going to go, right? It was either going to be Luis Rojas, who was interviewed during the process when they hired Beltron, or it was going to be the bench coach in Hensley Mullins who they'd bump up and keep the staff the same. It was never going to be Buck Showalter. Never. If there was a rapture event, right, and Luis Rojas, just like the, the, the TV show or the book The Leftovers, where just a slew of people just disappeared from the earth, and Luis Rojas was gone, the Mets were not going to hire Buck Showalter. They were never going to hire Bruce Bochy. They were never going to hire Mike Sosha. They were never going to hire Dusty Baker. They were never going to hire John Gibbons. They were never going to go that way. 
they were going to go someone who they feel, for right or wrong, that they can have a major hand in deciding what his decisions will be, either directly or indirectly. And I will preface this by saying about Luis Rojas, I have no idea if he'll be good, if he'll be great, if he'll get the Mets to the playoffs, if he'll be a disaster, if he'll be somewhere in between. Here is what I have read about Luis Rojas. He was the runner-up when they hired Beltron a couple of months ago. He's obviously young, second youngest manager in baseball. He is in tune with analytics. He was the quality control coach last year, which is a very loaded term when you look at the Mets season. So it was his job, what a quality control coach generally does, is they are looking at the numbers and trying to figure out a way to translate the data so that the players will be able to understand it, be able to utilize it. So he is a modern, forward-thinking kind of guy. And you to have to be fair, if you were worried about Beltron and the fact that he was a first-time manager, well, Rojas doesn't have the name of Carlos Beltron, but you would have to say, at least for the job he will have, he has far more experience. Now, he's not the most experienced candidate, but he has managed in several different levels. A-ball, double-A. Of the 26 players expected to be on the Major League roster, he has managed 12 of them. So you could say in a way that Luis Rojas kind of covers up for what some of the concerns would have been about Carlos Beltran. Now, is he the most qualified? Of course not. If I were in charge of hiring a manager and my future employment banked on the success, is this the way I would go? Of course not. But does it mean it can't be successful? No, of course not. This move really, I think for me, is really kind of less about Luis Rojas and more about the guy who hired Luis Rojas. It has now been over a year since Brody Van Wagenen has been on the job. And to this point so far, he has not showed to anyone outside of the people employing him that he really knows what he's doing. His first offseason, which has been detailed time and time again, as bad as any general manager here in New York or really anywhere else in quite some time, you would be hard-pressed to come up with someone who had a worse first year as a GM than Brody Van Wagenen. His moves directly impacted why the team did not make the playoffs last year. This year, the moves have not been quite as baffling, mainly because there have not been that many of them. But it did include hiring a manager for a win-now team that had no managerial experience at all, who then got fired for being associated with the biggest scandal in the sports scene in years and was fired even before managing a game. Safe to say, not exactly one you put at the top of the resume. So maybe the greatest reason to doubt the move, and I'm sure people will, people won't like it, it seemed about yesterday just kind of judging things. It was about 50-50, which, and it was never, it was never like, hey, this could work. 
or these are the reasons why this could work. It's always either love the move. This is us. This is the guy I wanted the whole time. Or trash. This is trash. It's like Forky from uh, <laughs> from uh, Toy Story 4. It's never in between. It always has to be it's the greatest or it's the worst. Well, I think what you can say is make no mistake. This is Brody Van Wagenen's team. And sometimes your second choice turns out to be your best choice. And we've seen rookie managers have success right away. But that's generally because of a strong organization behind him. And it's pretty clear that this move, this decision, this manager got the job because the Mets front office feels like he will be, however you want to put it, more receptive to what their ideas are, that he will carry out what they tell him to do, however you want to put it. They want to be running the game. And there are other organizations that have felt that way. The Astros used to be that way. We'll see if they're going to be that way in the future. The Yankees certainly are a, a, a team that is collaborative between the front office and the analytics department and the manager's office and all those things. The Red Sox certainly were, but we don't know who they're going to hire as their manager yet. So we've seen it be successful, but that doesn't mean that everyone can be successful that way. And I don't know if the Mets can be successful that way. And there's no evidence that they are like those other teams. So I get the cries about hiring an experienced manager. That would have been the better way to go. But it's it's really not about the experience of the manager as much as it is I have no faith in the front office. And that veteran manager, I would like to think, would be more likely to push back against some of the ideas of the front office. But, of course, that's the reason why that experienced guy was never going to get the job anyway. So Brody can do whatever he wants. He obviously makes trades whatever he wants, signings whatever he wants, the manager, no experience, whatever he wants. But it's his team now. There ain't nobody left to blame. It's like that old story about guy gets a job and he goes to meet with the guy he's replacing. And the first guy who had the job says, if everything goes wrong, open this first envelope. If everything continues to go wrong, open this second envelope. Sure enough, the guy who gets the job, things go wrong. He goes to the first envelope. He opens it. And it reads, blame everything on me and the predecessor. And that's what he does. And sure enough, it works for a short time. But then things start to go wrong again. So he goes to the second envelope. He opens it up and it reads, get yourself two envelopes. Brody Van Wagenen, this is now his his baby. He's got the manager. He's made the moves. And the only rule is it better work. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Coming up, we'll get your phone calls on the Mets if you want to get on that. But, of course, Eli Manning set to announce his retirement on Friday. We will look back, of course, at his career. What will certainly be a Hall of Fame career, whether he deserves it or not. And that ties into the poll question today, which I beautifully put up. Even while the show is going on, I'm typing, I'm talking, I'm making somewhat coherent points, at least I think so. And our poll question, which is up for today, it's on Twitter, it's at Gordon Damer, is about Eli Manning. He is set to announce his retirement. Not really a surprise there that he's set to announce his retirement 
on Friday. Big press conference. I'm sure that uh, there will be plenty of remembrances about Eli's career. Do you think that Eli will be a first ballot Hall of Famer? First year on the ballot, he will get in. Not whether or not you would put him in. Whether or not the writers will put him in first year on the ballot. There's no question to me in my mind that he will get in at some point. The only question is, will he get in first time out of the box? So that's our poll question. It's up for today on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. Coming up, I'll give you my answer to the poll question. But we'll also get into the debate, which has been going on, it feels like, almost as long as his career. Ever since, it feels like, you know what really feels like spurred that whole debate? Michael Kay asking Eli if he considered himself elite. That was such an amazing question, and it has spurred so much talk surrounding Eli Manning, even still. So the poll question is up for today. It's on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. Coming up, I'll give you my answer. Poll question today, up on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. It does have a typo because I was doing it during the show, but uh, at least I made it for the appropriate amount of time. We have not had a poll question where I've made it for five days recently. Usually it runs for like five hours and change. And sometimes when you're doing it quickly, you change the the day column rather than the hour column. So I've not had a five-day one, but I did have a, a typo today because I was rushing at the last minute. What, what do you want from me, people? I didn't have my Sudafed before. the. Can you hear my voice? I, I have a little bit more of a, a bass voice today because I've got the cold and all stuffed up. But the poll question, Eli Manning set to announce his retirement on Friday. Will Eli be a first ballot Hall of Famer? I wrote it. Will Eli will be. <laughs> what do you want from me? All right. Well, this is obviously going to stir up the debate again. Is Eli Manning a Hall of Famer? Is he uh, was he elite? All these type of things. Well, look. This is not really a, a surprise which way this is going to go. About Eli's career. Eli Manning. Mark it down. Will be in the Hall of Fame. Now, was he an elite quarterback? Did he dominate? Is he one of the top five of his position while he played? No. But he's going to get into the Hall of Fame. If that's a fact that bothers you, you should do, you have five years, you should do right now what you need to do to prepare yourself. It's going to happen. You should not be outraged when it happens. And you should be, on the other side, should not be uh, outraged any year it does not happen. Now, was he a top-five quarterback? No. Even in his best season in 2011, I don't think he was a top-five quarterback. He was never an MVP. Don't think he ever came close to winning an MVP. Never led the league, really, in anything outside of interceptions. But he is going to get in because he won two Super Bowls. Not just one was the Super Bowl MVP. And if you had... An award for playoff MVP. He may very well have won that too. That happened. So wait, Gordon. You're saying two Super Bowls is enough to overcome a slightly above average bulk of your career? Or at least maybe not slightly above average, but certainly an underwhelming rest of your career? Yep. Apparently it is. Because we know he is getting in to the Hall of Fame. And he was not someone who was simply along for the ride during those Super Bowls. He was the MVP both times. 
He was a major part of those Super Bowl runs, as I said. The wins in Green Bay, the win in San Francisco where he got pounded, made key plays, made key throws. Plays, not to overstate this, but plays that we will see for the rest of our lives. As long as they are, there is a Super Bowl and we are alive to watch the Super Bowl. In the build-up to the Super Bowl this year, next year, the following year, when you're 100 years old, you will see the Tyree catch. You will see the throw to Manningham. You will see those plays for forever long you live and continue to watch football. Now, if you point out that his career was underwhelming outside of those two Super Bowl years, I would agree with you. But those two Super Bowl years still count. And I would grant you that Eli had a very unique career. It's very hard to tie him and connect him to someone else based on how his career turned out. But here's the bottom line. If you root for a team, could be the Giants, could be the Jets, could be another team. But your team gets a young quarterback, drafts a young quarterback. And I could give that young quarterback the career that Eli Manning had, would you take it? And there's no question you would absolutely do so. I don't care what team you root for. Even if you root for the New England Patriots, who have had all the success, all these Super Bowls, all the, the, the greatness of them over 20 years, at some point they're going to have a different quarterback, probably a young quarterback. And would you take, for that next quarterback, would you take the career of Eli Manning? And I think that there's no question that you would. If you're a Jet fan, and I told you right now, I can give Sam Darnold the career of Eli Manning, you would take it even before I was done asking the question. You would be hitting the button before I even asked, answer, you know, put the whole question out there. So he's going to get based, he's going to get in based on the two Super Bowl runs. And let's not mistake it on the other side. That's why he's going to get in. Don't give me about the durability. Don't give me about his, uh, his, his character that he's a good guy. He was a good guy. And that won't hurt him, but that ain't the reason he's getting in. Gordon, he's seventh all time in passing yards and touchdowns. Well, look, he played at a good time where passing was far easier to come by than some other guys. So the fact that he has more yards than Dan Fouts does not make him a better quarterback than Dan Fouts. He is basically, statistically, right around Phillip Rivers. Is Phillip Rivers going to the Hall of Fame? I don't know. Maybe he is. But maybe not. And if he doesn't go, I don't think there's going to be any groundswell of, oh my God, how can they have a football Hall of Fame without Phillip Rivers? I won't look back at Phillip Rivers as one of the greats of his era. He was a good quarterback at times. Made, you know, threw a lot of interceptions too. So stop with Eli's going to get in because he was a great guy or a great character or he should go in because he was durable. That's not why you go to the Hall of Fame. The question is, is two Super Bowl titles enough to overcome, you would have to say, an underwhelming bulk of his career? And the answer is yes. But that's not our question. Our question, which is up for today on Twitter at Gordon Damer, is will he go in on the first ballot? 
And I would say, no, I don't think he will. I don't think it's some outrage if he doesn't go in right away. And you would have to kind of see the landscape of the uh, of who else is up for the Hall of Fame in those years. The NFL has no shortage of candidates who have not gotten in and have been waiting a whole lot longer. So maybe in five years, when Eli Manning doesn't get in, it'll lead to this, oh my, this outrage. How can it be? But that outrage won't come from me. He'll get in, and he'll get in because he had two amazing Super Bowl runs that that led to titles, and he was the Super Bowl MVP. But it's hard to tie his career into any or make the comparison of his career and anyone else. But I think it's not debatable that the bulk of his career was underwhelming, but that the pinnacles of his career, the two Super Bowl titles, are going to be enough to overcome what was the bulk of his career. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Let's go out to the phones this morning. Squeeze a couple in here before uh, we go to break. Sal is in Aberdeen. Sal, what's going on, my man? Hey, buddy. How you doing? I'm good. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. He's a Hall of Famer. He's not a first ballot. The two most uh, iconic plays I've seen, and I've been watching every Super Bowl since 1969 with the Jets were in. Um, but I, I agree with you on, on stat-wise, too. Like, if you look at Joe Namath, his stats are very underwhelming. They're terrible. If you if you just look at them in a vacuum and you think about what the game is right now and you look back on his stats, you'd say, oh, how, how the hell did he get in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, I mean, 220 interceptions to 173 touchdowns. I mean, he was injured a lot, but, I mean, he got in because of his being very flamboyant. Uh, he was what they needed at the NFL needed at that time. And, you know, making his prediction and at the merger, that's basically his, you know, his claim to fame. It's not his, his football stats. It's, it's what he did at that time, and that's what football needed at that time. Yeah, I mean, well, look, he was a much better thrower of the football than he, like, the stats now will look at because the, 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 the game back then was not nearly as pass focused as it is right now. I mean, that's not even up for debate. You go look, look at Ken Stabler. Now, Ken Stabler is not in the Hall of Fame, right? I don't believe he's ever gotten in. But when the debate was going on, and I don't, I, I remember him playing, but I don't really remember him. I don't remember week in, week out watching Ken Stabler. That's a little bit before my time. But you go look back at Ken Stabler's career, and you look at the numbers, you'll be like, how is anybody debate? It's a different game now. So if you are only old enough to remember how things are over the last, I don't know, 20 years, you go back and look at some of those older guys, and, and you're going to think to yourself, there's no way. But you kind of have to have some context for the time that they played. Now, when Eli is – obviously, he's done now. But when you look back five, six, seven years, I don't think many people, when they have the conversation with their grandkids of the great quarterbacks that they've seen, are going to bring up Eli Manning right off the bat. But when you talk about great Super Bowls or great throws in the Super Bowl or great performances in the Super Bowl, well, then, yeah, you will. And those two – if you're asking yourself, well, that's enough to – yeah, it is because we know he's going to get in. And if you're someone who has a problem with that, well, you got you got five years. Prepare yourself. <laughs> Work it out. Talk to whoever you got to talk to. Zion's got eight points in the last minute. Zion gives it up. Gets it back. Here he is again. Got it again. 
And Alvin Gentry over at the bench frustrated because he's about to send a substitution in and Zion hits another basket. All right, so Zion last night, his NBA debut did not disappoint. Now, it was disappointing for Pelican fans who were hoping for a win because they didn't win the game. They lost to the Spurs last night. But Zion finally getting in there. He scored 11 straight points at one point. Finished with 18? 17. Not exactly sure. 22 points for Zion last night, as I said. And he scored 17 straight points. 17 straight points. That was close. 11, 17. You know what I was focused on more this morning, NBA-related? You know what the Knicks should do? From this point forward, tank. They should absolutely be tanking. You know why? Because they're not doing anything else. They're not building anything. They're not developing anything. They're just going out there and trying to win games so it looks better on the current regime when the season ends and they can kind of justify why they deserve to come back for another year. But they're not doing anything else. They're doing literally nothing. They're terrible. Now, they're better than they were last year because last year, you know what happened. Yeah, the tank was on. And this year, you know what they should do? Tank again. If for no other reason to get the people who are in charge and making decisions right now the heck out of here. All right. It's Gordon Damer Show. It's 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. Rob Manfred had some things to say yesterday. He was on Fox Business and was asked, obviously, about the Astros scandal. What's the next step? And will he strip the World Series title? from the Astros as a result of their blatant and obvious cheating. There's a couple of problems with, you know, we haven't concluded our investigation with the Red Sox, so it's a little hard to take the trophy away from somebody who hasn't, you know, yet been found to do something wrong. We don't know what the outcome of that's going to be. Um, I, I think that the second flaw is, you know, whatever the impact of the sign stealing was, um, it could have changed who was in the World Series. Absolutely unclear that the Dodgers would have been the World Series champion. I think there's a long tradition in baseball of not trying to change what happened. Um, I, I think the answer from our perspective is to be transparent about what the investigation showed and let our fans make their own decision. All right, so there's Rob Manfred on uh, Fox Business. Not really a surprise. Of, co- of course they're not going to strip the Astros of the title. We, we all knew that. And they're not going to strip the uh, newsflash. Spoiler alert. They're not going to strip the, the World Series title from the Red Sox. Not just because. Think about what a terrible precedent that would send. Because then, no matter what happens, you're going to have these cries, oh, well, maybe they should strip it on the World Series title. And you know what? It's a dumb punishment. It's not a punishment because you know what? We saw the Astros win the World Series. It's not Miss America where if the winner can't fulfill her duties or perform her duties, that the first runner-up gets it. doesn't work that way. It's not the NCAA. It's not boxing. The Astros cheated. The Astros won because of their cheating. And there ain't nothing anybody can do to change that. Can't go back in time and change it. So that's we get, just got to live with it. Just got to live with it. All right, let's go to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Chris is in Beth Page. Chris, what's going on, my man? Hey, Gordon. Uh, you know, I'm a lifelong Giant fan. I'm 57 years old, so I suffered through the 70s, and I saw the greatness of the 80s with the LT. And then, uh, you know, Eli came along. I'm going to say this about Eli. Now, he's by far my favorite Giant fan. And, and Giant player. And this is what I tell people at work who don't like the Giants. They don't like Eli. They're always ripping into him. I tell them this all the time. One guy's a Cowboys fan, okay? So I said, listen, 
the last 25 years, you know, since the Cowboys won their last Super Bowl, the last 25 years, would you rather be me or you as a fan, <laughs> your, your Cowboy right. team or my Giant team? And I said this, I go, I look at it differently. I want to win titles. Any fan that signs up to be a fan, you ultimately sign up for what Eli gave you. That's Absolutely. what I always say. And then, you know, I have another friend who was a big Knicks fan. Oh, and my I God, say, that, poor, that poor SOB. But listen to this discussion we always have. He goes, Patrick Ewing, though, if you look from the time they drafted Patrick Ewing to pretty much when he retired, the Knicks were consistently competing every year. There yep. was always a chance they were going to win a title. So, and I, But I always say to him, I go, but ultimately you didn't get to, uh, you know, experience what I experienced. So what I'm saying is this. I mean this. If I could go do it all over again, and I knew that Eli was going to deliver those two Super Bowl runs and the way he did it, and then they went 0-16 for the rest of ad infinitum under Eli, and, it, and he stunk year in, year out, I would still sign up for that. Because as a fan, you sign up to ultimately win a title. That's Ask any Buffalo Bill fan about that. And yeah. You know, I mean, there's lots of teams, you. there's lots of fan bases that have never experienced even getting to a Super Bowl, never mind winning two. And the, and the point I would make is, in terms of Eli, and look, my father-in-law, he used to kill Eli, all oh, bad interception here, bad this, bear that. If you have a team, and you're, you put Daniel Jones there, would right now, if you're a Giant fan, would you sign up for the same career arc as Eli Manning? Some inconsistency, some underwhelming results for sure. Over the bulk of his career, I would say it was underwhelming for a first overall pick. But there were two big exceptions to that underwhelming. And those two big exceptions were Super Bowl titles. And he wasn't just the, he wasn't Trent Dilfer. He wasn't a guy who was just Brad Johnson. He was a major contributor with plays that you will see for the rest of your life. Now, do that. does that make me think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer? No, of course not. I don't think he's a first ballot. He's not one guy that I will sit back and say, oh, my God, to my kid, my kid's kids, it's too bad you never got to see this guy play. Although by that time, they'll probably just beam the games directly to your head, so they will be able to experience it. Let's go out to, uh, let's see here, is, uh, Corey's in the Bronx. Corey. Hey, what's going on? What's up, man? You tell me. Yeah, listen, uh, about Eli, man, if you got to look at it from just a stat standpoint, I mean, you got to put Eli in the Hall of Fame. I'm not at all a Giants fan, but, I mean, if you look at guys like Terry Bradshaw, his career stats are garbage. No, and but see, Corey, you have, to, you have to be alive to see the, the, the game where it was then and where it is now. It's not the same game. It's not the same game because if you think that it's the same game – that's going to lead you to believe that Philip Rivers was better than Dan Fouts. He wasn't. Trust me, if Dan Marino, and I'm saying this as a Dolphin fan, I'm biased, all those things. If Dan Marino were playing now, even as great as Dan Marino was back then, he would be leaps and bounds better passer than all these guys. When he broke the touchdown record, he threw for 48 touchdown passes in a season. The previous record was 32. That would be like somebody going out next year and throwing for 80 touchdown passes. So it's a different time. You have to have some perspective on where the game was then and where it is now. If you simply look at stats, you're not getting the full picture. And no, 
Eli Manning does not deserve to go to the Hall of Fame because he was super durable and put up decent numbers every single year with a couple of years that were exceptions where he put up good numbers. He's not going to the Hall of Fame based on his numbers. Because if that's the case, then Philip Rivers go, is going to the Hall of Fame. They're basically the same numbers. Eli Manning is going to the Hall of Fame because he, he capped it off with two Super Bowl titles where he was the Super Bowl MVP. If you take those things out, he probably isn't going to the Hall of Fame. But those things happened. We don't have to wonder. Those things happened. Look, if you are just simply looking at the numbers, in case you're just joining us, our focus today has a lot been on uh, Eli Manning. Friday is going to make it official that he is announcing his retirement. Our poll question, which is up for today on Twitter, is Eli a first ballot Hall of Famer? I don't think so. I don't think he will get in on the first ballot. I do think he's going to get in, but I don't think he necessarily deserves nor will warrant that in the first year that he's on the ballot. If you are simply looking at numbers, I have news for you. Just because guys who are playing right now have far superior numbers does not mean that they were better quarterbacks than guys who played 20, 30 years ago. If you just simply look at the numbers, then you would think that Philip Rivers was better than Dan Fouts. Newsflash, he wasn't. If you were just simply looking at the numbers, you'd think that Matt Ryan was better than Joe Montana. Newsflash, he wasn't. If you're looking at the numbers, you could say, well, you know what? Ryan Fitzpatrick's numbers are way better than Phil Simms. Or Matthew Stafford's numbers are way better than Terry Bradshaw. Andy Dalton's numbers, I will grant you, will look better than Joe Namath's. That does not make him a better quarterback than Joe Namath. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Let's get some more phone calls in here. We'll go out to, um, let's see here, Dean is in Queens. Dean, what's going on, my man? Hey, good morning, Gordon. What's up? Um, I just want to say something about uh, Jeter and this this one voter that didn't vote for him. Right. I'm a Yankee fan. I'm a Yankee fan. The griping that he got robbed, he got robbed. And I was telling these guys, listen, how can you go in – hundred percent. If you're not the greatest player at your position, because you're not, you're not voting whether or not he's the greatest player at his position. Right, right. I get that, but I'm just saying, you know, Mo, that set a precedent. He was the greatest player at his position. Don't you think? Yeah, but that's not what the vote was. The vote was not, are you the best person at your position? The vote is, are you a Hall of Famer? Right, and I agree. I totally agree. He's a Hall of Famer. But I was just saying, you know, I don't think he got robbed. I think he, he got in because, you know, of what, of his achievements. But, uh, you know, that was it. All right. Was- well, look, I mean, I, I don't think that that was the point that the guy, whoever he is, a guy, woman, I don't know who he is, uh, was trying to make. I don't think that that person was trying to make any point outside of being that person. Being He was going to make sure that somebody was not going to get in unanimously again for whatever reason. And the, the way you know that the person did not have an actual point to make is because they never made it. They just voted in anonymity, and uh, they left it at that. And they're not going to come out and show their face because they have no point to make. Let's go to, uh, let's see here, Will is in Queens. Will. Good morning. What's up? Uh, in reference to the topic about the Houston Astros and, and taking away their championship, I think they should still take away. I know you said they can't take the chip. They played the game. We all saw the game. But the least they can do is take the trophy away. Don't allow them to display the trophy in their establishment. Don't let... 20 years down the line when people take their kids or grandkids to uh, Astro Stadium, 
that they see the trophy. They don't deserve it. They did cheat, and they don't deserve it. They can take it. Motley, they, they, they're not going to, though. I mean, they were never going to do that. Baseball was never going – I mean, out of all the sports that weren't going to do that, they certainly were never going to do that. So it happened. They have to do a better job to make sure those type of things don't happen again. But they were never going to go and and, and pass the hat and say, okay, everybody on the 2017 Astros, we need your World Series rings. <laughs> Put them in the hat. We are collecting all of them. We're going to melt them down and, and make some sort of apology trophy, which you must uh, carry around for the next year, like a Stanley Cup. Let's go out to uh, Jason. Is on Long Island. Jason, what's going on, man? Hey, buddy. Good morning. Um, I'm calling about the uh, subjectiveness of the Hall of Fame process. I understand what you're saying about Eli Manning. Based on the numbers, it's not a first ballot Hall of Famer, and I agree with you. But in the past, you've seen that numbers are not the only thing that they go off of as far as being a first ballot Hall of Famer. You know, T.O. had the numbers, and he wasn't a, Hall, a first ballot Hall of Famer. You know, it, it, this, the whole thing process is subjective enough where they go off based on your whole career, you know, uh, what you do on the field, off the field, in the locker room, what kind of teammate you are. You do, um, you know, I would say that that was. Yeah, but that I mean, that, that, that's reason. not the re- Look, those things can help your case, but that's not the bulk of your case, right? Like I mentioned earlier, was Eli Manning indestructible? Not even just durable, indestructible. Absolutely. But that's not the reason why he's going to get into the Hall of Fame. So is he a good character? Is he a good person? Does he treat people the right way? Yes. Unless you're looking to buy authenticated helmets. He treated everybody the right way. But that's not why he's going to get into the Hall of Fame. He's going to get into the Hall of Fame because he won two Super Bowls. All the other stuff is all well and good. But if he doesn't have those two Super Bowls, he's not getting in. So don't try to make it like these things are all lined up. It's the one thing. Two Super Bowl titles, two Super Bowl MVPs. Let's go out to Trey in the truck. Trey! Hey, good morning, brother. What's up? Um, I'm a wacky. I love the show. I'm, Thanks, a, I'm a new listener. Thank uh, you. Listen, um, I just wanted to say, I was just thinking about cap space and looking around. What do you think about Brady to the Titans? Like, like if they're one piece away, maybe. They have the space for them, maybe him and a receiver. And it was just a thought. I don't know. What do you, what do you think? Well, look, that's been floated out there, right? Mike Vrabel, former Patriot. So that's uh, when people are looking at the, the possible teams that he could go to. That's certainly one that comes up. I'm just not convinced he's leaving New England. I find it hard to believe that Bob Kraft, who looks at Brady as his son, is going to allow his son to play somewhere else. Maybe he will. But until until I can't go to the second step until I know for sure he's not going back to New England. And that has to be the first step for me. Sergio, quickly in the Bronx. Yeah, good morning. How you doing? Yeah, I'm going to uh, a quick um, comment about the, the uh, Major League Baseball commissioner with the Houston Astros. I'm shocked that the um, the owners um, haven't reached out to try to get this guy um, fired or removed. I Who, mean, Manfred? Yes. Um, no, I, I think, think that, the, look, I think that he's doing what, and I'm sorry, we got to go, Sergio, but, so, uh, we you know, got to move quick here. I think that he's doing largely what the owners want. And if there was some outcry from the owners, I think we'd know about that by now. So, no, I, I don't think that Rob Manfred is uh, in any trouble at all. But if these, if these things keep happening, well, then maybe. And I don't think that the punishment is definitely going to stamp it out for sure. But that's a question for another day. Like tomorrow when we're back at 5 a.m. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.